invest like $40 billion in electri electrifying their lineup. Um, that seems like a net plus in many ways. Uh, yeah. I'm wondering whether could Ford have made that decision without the pandemic? Or would they just yeah. been slammed by Wall Street yeah. for, that's a great for eliminating point, a dividend? Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, I, I think so. I, I mean, hard to be sure, obviously, but I do think that the amazing innovations of the past year, uh, obviously in vaccines, but there's so many other things as well that we just take for granted now, but we didn't really do a year ago. So many amazing innovations have taken place. Maybe has sort of reminded us that like, when we, uh, you know, put our minds to something and try and get something really cool done, we can actually do it. And isn't that amazing? And so like investing in stuff actually does pay off. And maybe we'd forgotten that somehow, you know, in the years leading up to the pandemic. So yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you on that, on that sort of cultural explanation. So uh, we often ask this question, we call it the benevolent dictator question. If it was up to you, if you were in charge of the West, uh, what would you be doing uh, to help the West uh, recover from this pandemic and, uh, you know, embrace the good stuff and avoid the bad stuff? Well, I, I mean, I, I, would have, I would have said this before the pandemic, to be honest, but I, I, one of, and I'm, I'm hopefully going to write a book about this question. And one of the things that I think is underappreciated still is the question of the damage to every aspect of life that, uh, the, the current housing market, not just in the US, but in other countries as well, does. I, I really do believe that of all the policies that any government could implement that was seeking to uh, effect progressive change, uh, sorting out the housing market, building more houses, improving tenants' rights, improving the quality of public housing is just the number one thing by such a long way. But weirdly, it's not talked about that much. Uh, and so that needs to change. And, and we have one final question before we let you go which is, why do you do this work? Uh, I mean, I, 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 I mean I, uh, it's probably just because it's, 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 uh, it's fun, you know? It's intellectually very satisfying. And um, I think the media has, a, has a, a really important role to play. And, I, and I, I'm often, I often feel the media gets a, a very bad rep. And uh, most of the time that's completely unjustified and some of the time it is justified. And I think that um, I have a, People have a, someone has to write pieces that are that are true and tell it as it is, and that's not a very good answer, but that's that's probably as good as I can give. Well, Callum, thank you so much for being with us. This is a great, interesting conversation, and uh, we look forward look forward to chatting with you more. Thank you so much for inviting. Yeah. So, Goldie, do you think will the COVID pandemic make people less? or more averse to inequality, less willing to put up with bad governance? Uh, you know what? I I think it's one or the other. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we're seeing it already that I think a lot of a lot of workers have uh reevaluated what they're willing to accept yeah. as a fair wage. I think that's one of the reasons why you're seeing this upward pressure on wages. I think a lot of economists and policymakers are coming to terms with the very apparent fact that our labor market is dysfunctional. You know, Callum raised that weird situation where you have uh, 